We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. We're back into our resting hotel. And uh, uh, it looks like it's a place to take a vacation. But I hadn't had one for 20, 30 years. Good morning to you. Thank you for tuning to RBM. Uh, today is... Today is the 8th, isn't it, Andy? The 9th. Today is the 9th of, uh, of, of May, and we're heading toward uh, our trip to Brazil, which begins on the 5th. And uh, we're going to a church in Minas Gerais, and we're going to be there for four or five days. We're going to be in Petropolis on the 13th of, uh, of, of, uh, of May, of June, 13th of June. And we're heading to Rio on the 14th and leaving back to the States on the 15th, arriving in Atlanta on the 16th in the morning at, mid, at midday. The lesson this morning is found in Matthew 19, 16 to 22. And so let me read it for you, the text for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word that you give us. Give clarity and vision and thought as to what needs to be said in Jesus' name. Amen. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but the one that is God. But if you enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Which? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbors thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept for my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If you be perfect, if you will be perfect, go and sell that which you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So sell and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. When I began to study this text for this morning, one thing that I discovered was that Mark and Luke does not mention the young man, only Matthew. Matthew refers to this, to this, this young lad as young, young. Not mature, but young. So a young man standing and looking for answers about his personal life. One of the things we're going to see is the move of the Holy Spirit. Another thing we're going to see is the intent of the heart. Two things. The move of the Holy Spirit, the intent of the heart. And you're going to be surprised on the move of the Holy Spirit because it doesn't tell you that it's operating, but you're going to see. Because a lot of people ask me, uh, why, how, tell me 
the move of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, operating in the life of Jesus. And, of course, this is an example. You can't see it, but I'll show it to you. And there's no question that it is with the Spirit of God. So, the idea of having eternal life is something, is something special. What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Obviously, working is not the answer. You know, one of the popular verses in the Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, for whosoever believeth. And so, you can go to church and you can sit on the pew, you can, you can teach Sunday school until you're blue in the face, and you might not have eternity. Eternity is by faith, and is believing it in it with all your heart. Notice that the young man used the word uh, good master, too. And Jesus responded, Why do you call me good? There's none but God in a God alone. So the question here is that the young man needed to recognize, recognize God. Now, he stood in front of Jesus, and he couldn't see it. And so you always... You say, well, is this just immature young men? Not really. There's a lot of people who are in church today but cannot recognize the presence of God. And so the question here is recognizing God. Jesus is trying to relate to him uh, uh, what he wants to do. The young ruler was in the presence of God and totally unaware that in the presence of God, he called him good master. He probably called him a teacher. And so, Jesus knows that that's going on in his heart. Now, I want you to know that if you have been a Christian for a long time, you need to ask yourself that question. Do I recognize the presence of God? If you can't recognize the presence of God, then we got a problem. You know, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords comes into a service, and you are just chewing gum. The King of Kings and Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into a congregation. And one of the things that we do in Brazil, as we study all the services, because after each service, we spend an hour dissecting the whole service and what has happened that night. And one of the questions that I always ask uh, to the people going to Brazil or to Cuba or to Peru or any to Israel with us is... When did the Holy Spirit came into the meeting? And of course, you know, some get it just right. But some have no clue. No clue. No clue. And of course, some people say, well, it came during the praise and worship. And it could be that when the praise leader said something. Or it could be when somebody came to the altar in the midst of the prayer meeting. Or the worship songs. Somebody got up out of the congregation and came and sat down. And we started praying for people. Before too long, there was 50 people in front of us. And that was when God came in. That's when the presence of the Holy Spirit came in. And so you have to watch it. And that's what pastors hunger for. When will the Holy Spirit interrupt the, the meeting? Interrupt the service? Interrupt the liturgy. You know, liturgy is an order that we follow in the service. 
do this, then do that, then do that, then do that, then do that, then then do that. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He interrupts the liturgy. And the whole thing changes. And that's really when the presence of God comes in. And so this young man is just, you know, looking for something. He's not all complete. He's young. He, he quite doesn't quite understand what's going on. So he comes and, and simply looks at Jesus and says, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So doing is not the answer here. Is believing is the answer. But let's take a look. Verse 17 says, this is the continuation. Why do you call me good? So the interaction begins with Jesus and the young man. What are you telling me? You call me good. Only good is the Father. Now, he gives him a cue. God. But if you will enter into life. Now, he's referring to life eternal. See, the young man asked the question, what do I do to get into eternity? So Jesus says, to get into eternity, you've got to keep the commandments. Now, I told you in the beginning of our lecture today that one of the things that I want you to recognize is the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in the ministry of Jesus. Because a lot of people say that's Paul's idea. Let's take a First Corinthians 12, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, it, this, is, this is just Paul's way of just messing us up. But here is, a, here is Jesus doing the same thing. Exactly, exactly the same thing. He tells this young man uh, this. He says this. Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Now, I'm not going to tell you how that, that uh, operates yet. But I want you to put that into the left corner of your brain and leave it there for just a moment as I continue. And then I'll bring it back, uh, 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 verse uh, 21, 22, and, and you'll see what he means. So let's take a look. But if you will enter into life, eternal life, keep the commandments. Now Jesus, goal, his goal here is to explain this young man that salvation not, not comes by good works. But by faith. Salvation also is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. What more do I need to do to enter into eternal life? The thing about this young man that impressed me is that he knows something's not right. He's done all the goody, goody, goody things, but something is not right. And I love that expression. I love that desire. I love that type of questioning. Because when you treat these questions, such as eternal life, uh, you, you, you are moving into an area of spiritual revelation that is the total purpose of the cross. The total, the, the main purpose of Jesus coming into the world. The main purpose of Him dying on the cross and rising... From the dead ascended into heaven. And one of these days he will show up again to us in the middle of the skies in Jerusalem. You have to like him. At least he knew something was wrong. He expected a mighty answer. But what he got was the commandments. 
Verse 18. Jesus responds. Let's take a look. He said unto him, Which? Which commandment? What did I do here? Which commandment? Tell me. I, I, I don't understand. Uh, so Jesus says, You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and, and you shall love your neighbor as thyself, which is taken from Leviticus 19. Uh, not a part of the original Ten Commandments uh, in Exodus 20, but in Leviticus 19. And the young man says, responds to Jesus, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What is it that is missing in me? I've kept all the commandments. What is it that is missing in me? I call, I'll tell you a little story about someone that came to work at our mission in Brazil. And this young man worked all five years that he was with us. And he would get up in the morning at five o'clock and make bread. We have a bread machine there. And he did the bread. The next thing that happened is that uh, he uh, would uh, help on the vegetables. You have to clean the vegetables. So the women came that cook, the ladies that cook for us, came at 8 o'clock. But he was there since 5. He did that for 5 years. And so when I preached there, I made an invitation to receive Christ as your Savior. And he came to me at the altar and said, I don't believe that I ever been saved. I don't feel like it. I've, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And it reminded me of this young ruler on Matthew 19 because he did everything correct and never had an encounter with Jesus. But the thing about this young man in, in Matthew 19 is that he's talking to the salvation, the one who can save your life. He is face to face with the eternal God. He is looking at the face of the glorious faith of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right smack in front of him. And he couldn't see it. And my question to you today is this. What is it that you have to do? Now, listen to this. What is it you have to do? What lack I yet... Oh, I tell you, that's a, that's an interesting that's an interesting place to be. Uh, Jesus brings the young man to the moment when the Holy Spirit discerns the real need in his life. Now let's go back then to the beginning. If you look at uh, chapter nineteen, verse seventeen. Jesus says something. He says, but if you enter, if you will enter into life, means if you want to be saved, if you enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. Now, it can't be keep the commandments because if that's the case, then the young man in Brazil 
was simply doing the same thing and didn't have salvation. But the answer here is specifically to this young ruler because what really kept him from receiving salvation was that he was actually not keeping the commandments. So what I'm trying to say is that the Holy Spirit is pointing to his weakness, to the moment of his need. It is, it is, it is a revelation from the Holy Spirit of God to Jesus himself, a word of knowledge saying, He, this young man, this young ruler, have done all the things that's required to do. And yet, he has not received salvation. Look at uh, verse 20. The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what I lack. Jesus said, If you be perfect, go and sell what you have. Why? How did Jesus know that this young man was rich and loved his finances better than he loved the commandments? Who told Jesus that this young ruler was a rich young ruler? Who, who told Jesus that this young man had so much money that, that, that he, he could not in no shape or form give anything and he loved the money more than he loved the commandment? Who told Jesus that? Peter, John, James? No, 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 the Holy Spirit. It's a move of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in the beginning of this conversation, dealt with commandments. How did Jesus know that the commandment was the problem for this young man? For he kept everything else, but he did not. He loved money more than anything else. Who told Jesus that? The Holy Spirit. Well, but uh, is that any different in the life of others? Well, uh, Nicodemus was totally different. In other words, the Holy Spirit points to the direction of the need specifically. If when you talk to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will get to the bottom of what you're going through. This young man was money. It was money. He loved money. Look, look at this. When he heard Jesus tell to him, Jesus posts to him. <laughs> I'll read it to you. If you will be perfect. In other words, if you're going to make this thing about doing good and works. If you're going to be perfect, go and sell. All that you have, and give to the poor. And the poor those days was poor. I'm not talking about little poor. And, and Jerusalem to this date is still very, very poor people. And give to, the, and you shall have the treasure. Shall have treasure in heaven. In other words, you don't have money here, but in heaven you have treasure. Come and follow me. Go sell. Come and follow me. Go sell. Come and follow me. And the answer of this young man was, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He was very rich. It wasn't the question of the commandments, it was the question of money. Jesus knew from the beginning that this young... Am I communicating with you today? Are you hearing me? When you mess with Jesus, you're going to get your knee flat on the table. He won't go around looking for some little problem here, some little problem there. Bang, bang, bang. Jesus saw his bank account in the moment that they began the conversation on verse 19. Behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master. Right there, as Jesus looks, the good Master looks to this young man, he knew he was uh, dressing up uh, 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 pillar clothing. 
You know, he's dressing up fancy outfit. He had a Johnson's and Johnson's pair of shoes. <laughs> he was driving a nice, nice, nice $100,000 Mercedes parked right there close to the fig tree. <laughs> he, 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 he had in the back of his pocket a bank account that he loved more than life. So, best donkey in the neighborhood. That's what Andy said. The best donkey in the neighborhood. Two servants cleaning it up and shining it up and brushing their teeth of the donkey in order for him to ride home in splendor. Okay, now. Now, I want to tell you something, okay? That's the, uh, that's the, the, the page I just finished. Let me show you the next page, all right? There it is. The next page. <laughs> I'm through with this. Amen. So, <laughs> so let's spend some time together here. Do you have total certainty of your salvation? Complete certainty. Do you have Without a doubt, without any, any concern whatsoever, the assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And then what? Oh, what a fortress of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit. Washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long. You know, I've uh, I've been been trying to be careful about this voice of mine because I have my lungs are uh, this big. You know, people say, "How how how big is your lungs, Rick?" It's right from here to here. I mean, it, the doctor said I have the biggest pair of lungs anybody can have. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and so that the assurance of eternity comes in as the Holy Spirit of God reveals to you the glory, the foundation, the eternity of Jesus. Now, this young man came into Jesus, did not know who he was, but a good master. And Jesus simply says to him, If you will enter into life, do that which it's necessary because you see the love of money is the root of all evil. Nothing wrong with having money. But when you worship your money more than God, then you are an idolater. And Jesus is saying, You are an idolater. But I give you an opportunity to come before me and do this. And Jesus says to him, If you be if you will be perfect, not by following the commandments. Sell what you have to you or to this specific person. 
You're going to have to do this and give to the poor. I, I've, been, I've been with the poor all my life. There's a budget from this ministry to Brazil. Monthly budget of $10,000. Every month I have to find a way to send $10,000 to Brazil through Western Union. Now we're going to do it through the bank. Now I want you to know in, the, in a period of 50 years of ministry... That has never locked or did not function properly. I've been feeding the poor for a period of 50 years. There's 3,000 meals a month given to the poor on a platter. Warm food, vegetables, chicken, beef, uh, uh, meat, or vegetables and rice and beans. Right there. You come to the mission and you come to the front and you got your, your ticket to, to get some food. And there's 3,000 of them a month. Now, <clears throat> that's the best thing I've ever done. The best thing I've ever done in my whole life. Because Jesus recognized that I need money, but I don't love money. There's someone that uh, works the money part of our ministry. Her name is Cindy Walker. She is, the, is married to John Walker, pastor in Monroe, Georgia. And Cindy Walker is one of the most dedicated Christians I've ever seen. She loves to serve the Lord and take care of the Lord's money. We're broke most of the time in what we do. If you, if you look at our ministry today... We're trying to pay bills every single week on Friday. We have to pay all kinds of bills. Let me ask you this. I don't love money. But I need money. So I can do the Lord's work. And the fifth, on the 5th of June, this, this month of June coming up in 2023, I'm heading to Brazil. And I got to find a way... To take that $10,000 to pay, 50% is taxes. The rest is food, food, food and salaries and more food. Let me ask you this. How much do you love money? In the case of this young man, he, Jesus, tells him how to get out of it. What do you do first is, if you want to be perfect, you go and sell And the last thing Jesus says to him is this, follow me, come and follow me. And Jesus says, you will have treasures in heaven. In other words, the treasure that you're going to have in heaven is greater than the treasure you have in the bank. It's eternal treasure. So I, I know that I have a lot of eternity treasure in heaven. I know, I know, I don't know what that means, but I tell you, when I see Jesus in heaven, I'm going to tell him, thank you for forgiving my sins. And second, where's my bank account? (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a glorious day. Amen? A glorious day. So Jesus says to him, go and sell. Come and follow me. What the young man wanted was to somehow eternal life. And all you have to do is to follow Jesus. Sell what you got. Come and follow Jesus. 
That's what he told the disciples of the Lake of Galilee. Peter, James, and John, uh, follow me. Leave the boat. Leave the fish. Come and follow me. And they were taking care for the rest of their lives. I want to pray with you today and ask you to receive the Lord. Say, I receive you, Lord, as my Savior. I receive you, Father. I ask you, Lord, that I be able to sell that which I have and give to the poor. Or begin giving to the poor as an offering, as a tithe money to help the ministry in Brazil. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you forgive my sin. For I have sinned against you. I have committed murder, or I have committed adultery, or I have stowed, or I have a bare false witness that I have not honored my father and mother, that I, I have not loved my neighbor as, 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 as I love myself. I ask you, Lord, that you forgive my sins. Give me eternal life, Lord, and bless me. Strengthen me to continue to do what you call me to do. And, Lord, those that uh, are against me or my enemies, Lord, that you deal with them accordingly, for I have asked forgiveness and I have not received it. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you bless RBM and it continues to do ministry throughout the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 